Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the newest episode of In Star Trek We Trust, a Star Trek podcast. I am one of your hosts, Kevin, joined by Ethan. And it's a momentous event, because now we have now seen... Now Star Trek Picard has finally been released after about a year and a half of waiting. So it's finally here. Has it been that long? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> July of 2018, it was announced at the convention. So Feels fast. Feels fast. Roughly, yeah. Um, obviously a lot to discuss, so I guess we can just dive right in, but sort of at a high level, how are you feeling about how this first episode called Remembrance um, played out? I feel very good about the show. Mm-hmm. And I feel better than I had anticipated that I might feel. I'm very excited to see where it goes. I am hooked on the story and the mystery. I liked where Picard was. Mm-hmm. I like kind of his mental state. I like his the fact that he is still Picard. Yep. He has the same motivation to driving him. Um, I thought it had a good balance of action to character moments to yep. plot. Um, I'm excited. The material really does Sir Patrick justice, I think. So I think, yeah... Too much action, I think it would have been giving Sir Patrick a little bit of a disservice. So I think there was, yeah. And I think they had a lot of material. And they had a lot of respect for Patrick Stewart and for us Mm -hmm. that the one time he did have to run and be in the action, he started huffing and puffing. He couldn't really handle it. So I think, you know, we talked about. It's a far cry from his heroics in First Contact. Yes, we talk a lot about the wild, um, almost the more interesting criticisms that we see of Star Trek shows are before they've ever aired, but people have already decided what they're right, going to be. Right. But a lot of people were saying, I don't want to see Patrick Stewart running around, laser beaming people all over the yeah. place. And I think we should rest assured that's not what we're getting. Right. Um, I, never, I never thought we were going to be getting that. Um, because one of the things that Patrick Stewart had said, which was a prime motivator for going into doing the show, was that he felt a lot of inspiration from to do this uh, from Logan, from being a Logan, and mm. I see, I see some parallels in a lot of ways, um, and I like that because I loved that movie. Yeah, there actually are a lot of parallels. Yeah. It's kind of older. It's not in, in its best form. Yeah, sort of hiding out a bit. But this is also, in a way, this is kind of new territory for Trek. I mean, it's very, it's very character based and. I'm not saying that's new territory, but um, because Trek has traditionally been, you know, obviously set on a spaceship, going out into space, exploring or doing other things. This is purely, at least at the moment, uh, it's ground-based and it centers on a main character, and in this case, a legacy character, and what their life is like after all of this, this being Next Generation in the four films, takes place. And we've never really explored kind of that aspect of a character before. And that's what um, I think so refreshing. Yeah. And plus we get to see Earth. You and I have a lot of discussions wondering what's happening on Earth and we got to see a little bit of what's we, going on. We on had Earth. always been curious about what civilian like uh, civilian life on Earth was like. Um and yeah, I mean it doesn't seem like it's that much different than today, but 
Right. Yeah. Sometimes a few scenes are a little too close to today. Yeah. But nothing that... I think it's one of those things that's just hard to predict because you don't know what the... Just given the advancement of technology, like how much is that going to take effect sort of on our lives, right? Right. So, yeah. People are still watching a lot of TV. Yeah. But anywhere they want because they can just bring their holographic screen to them, which I think is cool. Yep. Um, A... Just in just kind of a minor highlight, I mean, uh, we got to see what our hometown of Boston looks like in the 24th century, which I thought was really cool. Yep, Greater Boston yeah. was recognized. But you didn't, rec- you didn't recognize anything. I recognized the Charles River. I had to point. I'll show you on a larger screen so it's more detailed, and you'll be like, oh, okay, I know where that is. Because I actually went to Google Earth and was able to get the sort of a very, almost the exact same view and map everything to... Yeah. yeah. It looked very... For anyone that's never been to Boston. The camera view was actually above South Station, looking into the city, okay. just to give you an idea. Anyone that's not been to Boston, it uh, doesn't look like Hong Kong like it does in the show. But Yeah. And that was only Sorry. a few minutes into the show. But, um, yeah, I feel pretty good about it. Um, I, As I said, this is a... Before we were recording, this is a show that I think brings a lot of baggage with it. There are a lot of things to unpack. And I don't mean baggage in the negative sense. Um, it just means that it, it's... There's a lot that happened, maybe a lot of baggage for Picard within the context of the show, but in terms of what it's connected to, it brings a lot with it. But even if you're not familiar with the events of Next Generation, the events of Nemesis, um, it's still easy to follow, in my opinion. I agree, because there are connections to the series and to Nemesis, but it does. you don't need to know anything to understand it. Yeah. It's just there are connections, yeah. clues in the mystery that uh, are things that we already know and recognize. Mm. But the mystery still holds up without having all that knowledge. I find the show to be very intriguing. You know, obviously very mystery driven, but um, yeah, very intriguing. And look, I'm I'm along for the ride. I wanna I wanna see more. It's like yeah, just tell me more. Mm. Tell me more. Tell me more. What's going on? So since yeah. we're still at the broad, big picture. Mm. discussion before you had a fear that it might rely too much on nostalgia yep having seen the first episode what do you think is it relying too much on nostalgia well what i meant wasn't again at the time i don't feel like i was so we recorded that episode twice and i feel like i did a better job articulating it when we were driving and that's not the one that we used so when i was trying to do it again i don't feel like i was as successful um but the show itself it's called Star Trek Picard. So right then and there, I mean, it's you. It's a show that's built around nostalgia, right? You want it's taking you back into this world of the next generation. Yes, but I think relying on nostalgia and built on a character we know are different. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 hard to explain, and it's 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 difficult for me to really kind of articulate what I'm how to best communicate uh, how I'm feeling about that aspect of it. Okay. But, That's yeah. Fair. So when I have the answer, I will definitely bring it up in the future if I have the answer again. Okay. Yeah. We'll just have to go back to that recording that we used in the car, that we yeah. had in the car, and I can look <clears> to <throat> it. Well, yeah. I can say that I did not think that it relied 
um, too much on nostalgia well, I, I, to keep the story going. I can I can attempt to explain it this way, and again, who knows? It's anyone's guess if I'll be successful. But when when you look at the two shows that we have on the air now, we have Discovery and we have this one. Like I saw some comments with this um, episode, people and people loved it. You know, I haven't seen really any negative comments. I'll grant that they're out really, there. I haven't really seeked them out. But a lot of what people have been saying, they said, oh, finally, Star Trek is back. The Star Trek I love is back. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, what I take from that is, well, we had it before with Discovery. Like, the way the way it's coming off to me, at least from fan reactions, and this is just based on a small percentage, where it's that they only seem to have this tunnel vision for that, for that Star Trek and don't want... Any, are not interested in anything new like people i think with discovery were too focused on what that show should have been doing whereas this show they're just now focused on what it is doing and they're just like oh I, you know what else is this going to do but everyone was sort of berating discovery for for what it wasn't yeah why wasn't this set up for nemesis why wasn't this and so now they finally have that show where like it sort of was the answer to all of our everybody's prayers yeah it's very strange though because they just were not they just didn't seem for the most part open to a new to a new series it's very strange because um picard so far though it may be a character that they recognize the show doesn't feel like any other star trek show so i i find it very odd to say that it's oh it's back but i think Think of it this way. It's comfort food because it's everybody knows who Jean-Luc Picard is. <clears throat> and that's enough. Even if he's not sitting in the captain's chair. I mean, very specifically, as Patrick Stewart has said, and we have said, this is not Star Trek The Next Generation Season 8. Right? This is the next sort of chapter. But the entry point is through a character that they know and have loved. And Next Generation has just gotten more and more popular since the show has gone off the air back you know 26 yes. years ago almost now at this point. that's very odd because yeah. i would expect that someone would say oh the star trek i know and love is back i mean that's what they said about the orville the star trek i know is back because there were those self-contained episodes where mm. encounter a weird thing and have something happen like i think it's because it, I, I think, think it's because it includes a familiar it includes a familiar face oh. familiar faces well, yeah all right that's a very um, unsophisticated but, analysis on their part yeah but I, I have known people who only who are not Star Trek fans per se, but for some reason they just gravitate toward Next Generation. I the best cap. Don't know what it is, but yeah. Because it's the best cap. Um, That's a subjective term. Of course. Yeah. But, you know, we like to yes. debate a little bit. About yes, that. and that's okay. Yes. But before we get into that, um, I kind of want to set the stage a little bit, at least in terms of... Um, where the show is set and how these events just kind of got set up. I know we don't do episode recaps. Um, we did that early on with our Discovery podcast, and then we stopped doing it. But um, We find them to be pointless. Because people have watched them. But I, I want to at least bring something up, because I just think this is so fucking cool, right? So, as we know, this movie is tied to Nemesis quite heavily. It's tied to a specific episode um, of Next Generation. But it's also tied to the first J.J. Abrams Star Trek film in a very minor way. Um, so, and I posted this on our Twitter account this morning, um, but basically the Star Trek 2009 film, the stage is set for this series 
in a flat in a flashback of in that movie it's when because they go into the whole supernova destroying romulus Spock tries to save the supernova tries to stop the supernova but he's too late mm-hmm. and we see all this through a mind meld that he has with kirk so basically the events played out like this now factoring in what we learn in picard so picard convinces starfleet to create a rescue armada for romulus ahead of the supernova but because of the synth attack on Mars, no rescue armada ever came. So from then on, we can sort of extrapolate, okay, well, Spock's attempt to stop the supernova in his ship by creating a black hole was potentially a last-ditch effort because there was no rescue armada coming. But mm. as we know, Spock did not succeed. He got pulled into the black hole. Romulus was destroyed. His getting pulled into the black hole set up the creation of the Kelvin timeline that you see in the last three J.J. Abrams films. Right. So we are now seeing what the aftermath of the event that transpired in the 24th century portion of the first Abrams film. Yes. And yeah. interestingly, we also get to see And it's just so satisfying to, to see that. Sorry. <laughs> we also get to hear about... Um, the the lead up yep. to that because we find out that and this is something we never that I know of can think of hear about in Star Trek um, is descent mm-hmm. from the population. Oh, so, not the episode. Oh no, no, from the yeah. the fans. Yes, the, yeah. the population within the universe. Yeah. Because in in and I'll just jump to Picard's interview mm-hmm. on. Um, what was it? Federation FNN. Uh, Federation Network News. Yeah. Yes. FNN. It seemed weirdly too much like today. To yes. Me. But he has an interview and he talks about, or the interviewer brings up the fact that many people were against his plan mm-hmm. to have these warp-capable ferries to get people off. They said they didn't want to save the Federation's oldest enemy. Right. And it sounds like he took a lot of heat for this plan. Yeah. So that was interesting, and like I said, not something that we usually hear about. And it was interesting that, as you pointed out a couple days ago, that they're actually in the 24th century, if we are evolved as we, as the series say they are, that we still have reporters who, like these, we just call them gotcha reporters. Yeah, a gotcha journalist that's going to, yeah, Yeah. spring these questions. Um, It was interesting. And I had said before we began recording, at that point in the show, I thought Picard had a very missed opportunity. That reporter could have been Jake Sisko because Jake Sisko was a writer and reporter. He was reporting to the Federation from DS9 on the front lines about the Dominion War. And, you know, for anybody who's not familiar with DS9, if that person was Jake Sisko, that would not have meant anything to the newcomers, but it wouldn't have mattered because I don't think they would have set it up in such a way where he was somebody, but us, the fans are like, Oh my God. And there's that link to deep space nine, but that clip in itself also brings baggage to it because as far as Jake Sisko is concerned, Picard is the one who killed his mother at the battle of Wolf, which would potentially give him some motive to, to do the gotcha interview with him. Yeah. To try to get him. But right. It didn't do that because I feel it was not relying too much on nostalgia. But and I think to your point too that maybe that maybe would have been a little, a little too much already hey. at that point. Yeah. Um, so I so it's fine. It's just it could have been cool, but yeah. Also, yeah. it seemed like to bring him in is just a cameo. Maybe 
Um, all right, so I'm going to get into the details mm-hmm. and specifics. <clears throat> um, because, well, all right, one more general thing I just want to talk about. So when we talked about our Picard episodes, two episodes, two podcast episodes back, mm. um, one of the things I thought would be important to this show is Picard's um, interaction with Starfleet and how he holds up the ideals of Starfleet no yep. matter what. He tries to make Starfleet better than it already is. Yep. And I think that that's absolutely what the show is about. Starfleet went in a direction that he didn't think was right. Yep. He tried to steer it back to mm-hmm. the direction he felt was appropriate. Yep. They rejected him, and so he quit in, as pro, in protest. Right. And we've seen him not quit, but we've seen him take matters like this into his own hands before. I mean, he disputed what Starfleet was doing in Measure of Man. He did it in Insurrection. And so he never wasted time in the past to point those things, if he felt that Starfleet was not upholding what its core values were. Yes. and yeah. now, But now here's a situation that was too big for him to just go rogue on his own and do it. Yeah. Uh, so, so I think, I like that. I like that, you know, we're getting the, the card. And I think that this goes to a potential complaint I could see happening is that this is not, as always comes up, this is not Gene Roddenberry's vision of a future where everyone is harmonious and yeah. everything works smoothly and the only problems are out in space. Right. And I'm okay with that because I think, like any Star Trek show, it should reflect the times. And this is someone, right. what do you do when you believe strongly in ideals and yeah. then the institutions set up to protect them don't live up to those ideals. How do you handle it? Right. So I think as far as the contemporary uh, issue that's going to be played with, mm-hmm. I think that's it. And I think it's it's a great one. I have this one friend, if I could just sort of add to this for a minute. Um, he's very much against this whole like identity politics. He hates how politics make their way into all of our entertainment media. And he was reading about how... I know, you're giving me that look. He's reading about how, and he posted this on Facebook a couple weeks ago, and I almost commented, but I decided not to. I didn't want to engage with him, no pun intended. Um, he's like, so I'm reading about Picard, and it's going to be so political. They're saying it's going to be a response to, like, Trump and Brexit. And he goes, as far as I'm concerned, like, this doesn't belong in Star Trek. Star Trek's dead, and, I'm just, and Star Trek's dead. And I'm thinking to myself, but that's what the show does. Like, it takes a contemporary issue yeah. brings it into a science fiction format as a means of commenting on it. That's what Roddenberry wanted to do. Right. He wasn't able to do it on the shows that he'd done before. So you create a science fiction show where this is happening in outer space to someone. Right. And it parallels what's happening in the day. And you can make comment on yeah. that. I mean, how many yeah, Vietnam that's... War references are there in the original series? Right. How many racism are there? Racism. And... Like, that's one of the many core values that... Trek prides itself on and that's one of the reasons why people love it like for me I don't watch the show because it takes place in space and they're you know cool aliens and we're shooting lasers at each other I like the way they approach storytelling and you know that's what I'm glad they're doing that I mean yes I'm tired of our president making his way into everything but but this won't be so direct right it's just they don't name they don't name anybody generally (laughs) yeah when yeah when institutions right government or you know, anything. But it doesn't live up to its own ideals, what do you do? Right. And, yeah, see, for me, hearing 
this, that, to me, that means the Star Trek I love is back. Yeah. Is the fact that there is a parallel to the current world. And the reason I was giving you a face is because, you know, that part of my job is the superheroes and American ideals class I teach that is yeah. all about finding the politics in, in superhero comics. So Right. It just, and it just depends on how you do it. Sometimes some make it very on the nose. Other make it, others make it more, more interpretive. Or you know, are they talking about this, or maybe they're talking about that, or they're talking about a bunch of different things, right? It just depends on how, what that, you know, where that line is. Yeah, yeah. Season three of Enterprise is a response to nine eleven. It is the nine eleven of Trek. It's very on the nose, but that's what it is. Oh right, yeah. yeah. And it's strange for any, you know, art that is a story to not say something about the time it was written. Yeah. It's written by people that live in that time. They're Mm -hmm. influenced by it. So in some way it's going to come through. Right. So let's get to the, the granular details. Um, firstly, it opens with, did you notice a flute? I did. Well, before that, it opens with Blue Skies. Bing Crosby version. Which I said they're pushing quite a bit with the show. Well, I, okay. In all the promotion. You were singing it all last weekend. I so, <laughs> here's the thing. Do you, do you want to hear my grand connective theory of the show yet? Or do we want to save that for the end? Because Blue Skies plays into it. Is there more that plays into your theory? Everything plays into it. So, let's wait till the end. Okay. Yeah. So, it starts off with the flute. That's great. Just like the inner light. And I love the opening scene with Data. And I love how Data's presence is mm. all over the show. Even though he's not there, he's he's there. It reminds me of the second season of Game of Thrones after yep. Eddard Stark was killed. But yep. his presence was in every scene. His influence yep. was in every scene. It was great to open the show in a very familiar place. A very familiar setting. A very familiar ship. And a very familiar The Enterprise situation. looked great. Yeah. And space looked great. One one asshole commented on Twitter, they have no problem changing Pike's Enterprise and modifying that, but they leave this one alone. So like that one wasn't made out of cardboard. Yep, so what? <laughs> and I'm sure the, actually the original one was not made out of cardboard. But Can I ask you really quick, still. what did you think of the actual opening title sequence? Oh, it was fine. I mean, yeah. it, it didn't... It was fun that it was a flute, and the yeah. music was fine. It didn't do anything for me. Hmm. I find modern title sequences are kind of meh. I I liked it. What I don't the one thing about it I don't like, and Discovery did this a little bit too. It the opening title sequence sort of um, lays out what the seasonal storyline is going to be. So like you saw the Borg cube in the opening yeah. title sequence and stuff like that. It's just like mm. yeah. I, I don't think Even I though we'd seen it in the trailers, but... I didn't pay much attention to the opening scene. I listened to the music. Okay. Which was nice. Well, I'm a designer, so yes. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, what did you what did you think when we go and we're, we're in a dream? So... And I don't want to get too much into it because that goes into my grand theory. Very Again, very familiar territory. Um, I thought it was interesting that they were on the Enterprise D... And yet Data was in the first contact uniform when he was in the TNG uniform later on. Mm. Well, a dream. Is yes. A, it's a true. jumble. Um, they're playing cards. And the thing, what I noticed about the card game, he puts the cards down. There's five of them and they all say Q. And I'm like, hmm. Yeah, five queen of hearts. Five queens. Um, 
So five Qs all across. Oh, it's like, hmm. We're going to see a Q. It's, it's, that was not in my grand theory. Um, <laughs> so just visually, you know, yeah, they recreated 10 forward. It was, you know, I felt like we were, it was familiar. Um, and it was a great scene, but it was also, but, you know, yeah, it was very sad because, you know, Picard saying, I don't want the game to end. Yeah, he and misses, I'm like, yeah, neither do I. <laughs> he misses data more than I think I expected. Yeah. Um, even when he has the conversation later, as far as that goes, he said, um, yeah. you know, he's talking about data. He's a man who was all meaning, all courage. And that's high praise from Picard. And Brent Spiner, like, clearly hops, jumps back into the role with no problem at all. Oh, like, yeah. it didn't, it was like he played, he was play, it was like he was playing data yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was well done. And they managed to make it not look like he aged that much, which is hard to do, sure. Yeah. I always thought that, like, he had some sort of aging chip in him anyway, because he was trying to be human as it was, so... Oh, that works. But whatever. (laughs) Yeah, whatever you need to tell yourself. Yeah. Then we go to Picard's vineyard, Mm -hmm. where he's living with two Romulans, Zaban and Laris. One is a British Romulan. (laughs) You know, those British Romulans. Yeah. The British Empire really did spread far. So that's an interesting touch. Yeah. And we see the interview, which we learn about everything that's happened. Mm. So the controversy about the evacuation of Romulus. Yep. No mention of the Remans. Nope. No mention of Spock, strangely enough. No mention of Spock. Yeah. But that whole interview orients us on what... Yes. We found out that there were rogue synthetics. Yep. That attacked Mars. Yep. Um, Mars is still burning to this day. Which we saw play out, obviously, in Children of Mars. Yep. Um, And then because of that, they banned synthetics completely. Yep. And for some reason, because of the synthetic attack, they stopped the evacuation of Romulus. Because they... I didn't finally... I didn't see the connection. Because the fleet was under construction at the Utopia Planitia shipyards. Okay, so once the fleet was gone, they just... They had nothing to... Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Okay. You'll find out a little bit more about this in the uh, in the comics. And interesting. Yeah. Um, so, right there we have our first mystery. What happened with the sense? Mm-hmm. Was someone behind it? Mm-hmm. Why? What was their motivation? But you had said, and hopefully I'm not jumping too far ahead here, but you had said to me... You were under the impression that it seemed like some Romulans already, had already been evacuated. I mean, there were two Romulans living with him. So you sort of got the feeling like they'd already gotten some of them off. I thought so because they said something like, and then we abandoned the rescue mission, which yeah. made it sound like maybe it was already underway. Yeah. Because in the comics, they're actually, they're getting to Romulus to like get them ready for the eventual evacuation in right. the Picard Countdown comics. So um, we still have one more to go. So we'll see how this all lines up. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, that I gets get us you. up to speed on the, the current yeah. state. Yep. Everything else would go into my grand theory, so I'll hear what you have to say. I mean, well, not much else because you kind of said you kind of said everything I was already thinking anyway. But um, yeah, I mean, it's again, it's interesting to me that they don't make too much. They don't mention the Spock side of things of his of his attempt to try to stop the supernova 
Um, but as far as Picard is concerned, he may not even realize that that happened. I don't. It's it's hard for me to tell. I mean, well, it's impossible for me to tell at this point. Does the, is the Federation even aware of that aspect of it? So, um, you know, do they think Spock is dead? Do they think he's that he survived? I mean, they don't. They don't know. And I actually thought that was going to play into. Um, early on, I said it back in our spring podcast, I wondered if that was going to be one of the aspects that made Picard feel so guilty. Not only um, did he lose Romulus, what are you talking about Ambassador Spock? but Ambassador Spock as well, right? So, right. Uh, but so far, that doesn't seem to be the case, but who knows? He didn't care about Ambassador Spock. Did, ever, did anyone know that Ambassador Spock was going there, though? It's not made clear. So. Yeah, because it seems like his it was sort of a secret thing, it's red matter and all that, right? Yeah. I, but again, based on what we what has been established... I'm now thinking that Spock's attempt to do that was a last-ditch effort because the Armada was not able to get there. Makes sense. So, and he Makes failed. Sense. So, uh, also, it's good to point out, we talked about Boston a lot without talking about what happened in Boston. Yeah. Which was some people beamed into a woman's apartment, killed her boyfriend, seemingly, yeah. and um, tried to kill her. Yep. She got turned on and beat them mm-hmm. up. Yep. And that's Dodge. Dodge. So then Picard meets Dodge. We are recapping the episode, by the way. We are kind of, but we're talking. But it's okay. It. Yeah. <laughs> so Picard meets Dodge and very quickly is enamored, or not enamored, but, you yeah. know, someone's in trouble, Picard's going to help, because that's Picard. Right. Yeah. I'm I'm very intrigued. I think she's, and I'm very intrigued by her, and I think she's, you know, decent actress, and I think she uh, does well holding her own with Patrick Stewart. Yes, and here's where I was excited. So one of the things I didn't want the show to do, I didn't want it to become Picard meets a girl and she's the chosen special one and he has to take her and get a crew and bring her to some place. I'm so glad she died. (laughs) That's what I can say. I'm so glad she died because it just seems like a tired trope. That would be Picard meeting Michael Burnham because you know Michael Burnham's the most important person in the universe at that point, so... And who said we weren't going to talk about <laughs> I know, I'm just discovery. kidding. That was you. I'm sorry. <laughs> not me. That was I, c- I could not help it. I apologize. That's okay. Couldn't resist. Um, so I'm glad they did not go down that route. She dies. She dies yeah. by the hands of some Romulans, probably. Mm. The same type that showed up at her apartment. But for some reason can spit um, corrosive acid. Yeah, and but the strange thing was he was even... the. the Romulan who spit up the acid, it was burning his face, too. Yeah. So maybe it's just their stomach acid. Maybe. Have you ever seen a Romulan throw up? No, I okay. don't think so. I mean, they. I'm wondering if they're, if they're also synths, but... Right. Yeah. Right. Or they clearly have something to do with the synths. Or what did... Um, getting rid of them. What did the uh, Hydra soldiers in Captain America have? Remember, like, that one who, like... Pulled his tooth out and bit it. Oh, that would have probably been some fast-acting poison. Yeah. Because they take them... Yeah, so the Could idea is that something. you would have cyanide so that you wouldn't have to get captured and... You know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's... Yeah, so it's not specific to Hydra. It's just... Yeah. Yeah, that's an old trope. I don't know if yeah. it ever really happened. Probably. I wonder if we were, like, in similar territory, but... Yeah, so that's... You know, now, a couple of ideas there. Maybe either they... Maybe they were behind the synth attack and they're trying to get rid of the evidence. Mm. It's one possibility. Yeah. Or, because the synth attack caused the destruction of Romulus, they're getting revenge. Yeah. Those are the two options I came up with. Yeah. Nero's busy getting revenge on Spock. 
for right. not saving Romulus. Right. Yeah. And then we go to the Daystrom Institute, the long-mentioned... Mm-hmm. Okinawa. Long-famed mm-hmm. Daystrom Institute. Yep, so um, for our canon connection here, so Daystrom is a character who appeared on the original series episode the ultimate computer he built the m5 computer that they and they use it to test some war games with the enterprise and her sister ship and the daystrom institute um is a highly decorated um scientific um organ institute um that has been referenced multiple times across all of the um star trek spinoffs but we meet that we meet the person who the institute is named after um on the original series nice we'll have yeah. to review that episode soon Okay. <laughs> Not into it. All right, so we meet Agnes. We meet Agnes, one of the crew members, I believe. Who will probably around. do that. Yeah. She's best known for her role in um, uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Mm. And she, she's not the one, and the other one was the one from Law and Order, not her, right? Right, the other one's the one from Law and Order. The one we haven't met, we haven't met yet. Yeah, well, we thought we did. So then Picard gets a bunch of information about. Mm. The mystery and the mystery yep. deepens. Yep. Well, don't forget though, he goes there, but before he goes there, he goes to his personal archive. Oh yes. Don't forget. Yeah, I mean, you kind of we. All right. At least go. Yeah. So before we get to the Daystrom Institute thing. Yeah. Okay. You know what? I'm telling you my whole theory because now it just fits. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So let's go back to the card game. Yep. So I think the card game is setting up the entire series for us mm-hmm. because what are they talking about? Picard is saying. You have a tell. I know when you're bluffing. And you're bluffing when you're not bluffing. Yep. And then Data says, which deception... The only thing now, I I don't know which deception to employ. Hmm. So I think Data is more directly involved in everything happening than we think. Somehow. Um, And then he forces Picard to bet everything he has. He has to put it all out there. He has to risk everything all at once. I mean, that's pretty on the nose. And then what happens? Five Qs, Queen of Hearts, which are not, not a possible hand to get in a real game of cards. Now, Q, I, I didn't, I forgot about Q. So he didn't fit into my grand plan. Yeah. More, I was trying to see it as the whole series. So we got that. That happens. Then, Art Int Quantum Consciousness. Activating. Oh, so then of course we have um, Dodge has the flashes of Picard. Mm-hmm. So there's something in there. Yep. Clearly some connection. Yep. Um, when Dodge meets Picard and he says, Oh, you might know me because I'm famous, she says, No, I know you. It's older, deeper. So potentially part of data mm-hmm. in her, which they do mention when they're at the Daystrom Institute. Yep. yep. Um, <clears throat> Then, he's old school. He uses oh, a notebook. One more. Yeah. This is a great one. So, he's talking to number one. Yep. The dog. Yes. And he randomly quotes Shakespeare. Now, we all know Shakespeare mm-hmm. is what we got. So, he says, no legacy is as rich as honesty. Mm-hmm. So, I hear Shakespeare in a Star Trek. I gotta know. I don't know this play, but I looked it up. Yep. So it sounds like a simple thing. No legacies of rich is honesty. The thing yeah. you leave behind, the best thing you could possibly leave behind is your honesty. However, when this line is delivered, someone is actually using it sort of ironically because they are deceiving someone. So we've got 
data thing, which deception should I employ? We've got Picard quoting a Shakespeare line that is about a deception. Mm-hmm. And clearly, there's more going on than Picard knows. Yep. Plus, when Dodge is talking to her mom, who I think we both didn't think was really her mom, um, it seems like someone had set her, programmed her yep. to let her know, you have to go to Picard. There was something off about that conversation. Yeah, it seemed very strange. It seemed very awkward and off, yeah. Um, and, 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 oh, the painting, of course. The painting. So, um, I just think Data's hand is in here more than we think, yep. and he may, his consciousness may even be somewhere. He's, that's, he's, that's my theory. He's absolutely the backbone of the whole thing, and it's this painting that Picard has this dream about. He sees Data actually out in the um, <clears throat> vineyard painting, and it just so happens to be the painting that Picard has hanging on the wall behind him when he wakes up. Mm-hmm. His doesn't have a face. His doesn't have a face. So then he remembers and goes to his personal archive over in um, the Starfleet Archive and actually pulls out the painting, which is a painting of Dodge. Dodge. And we all know from watching Next Gen over the years that Data was seen painting a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And so, he wanted a daughter. And he, he wanted made a, daughter. a daughter once. He did make a daughter. Although they didn't make mention of that, but it's sort of suggested. I mean, maybe you didn't have to right. name drop her, but yeah. Right. So the thing that I'm left to wonder is how is it possible that Data could have made this synth yeah. when he's been dead presumably during the time the synth should have well, been made. Well, so B4 obviously factors into this, but um, now, unless I am mistaken, so B4 was set up in Nemesis as, I believe, the prototype so he did not have a positronic brain. Yeah, looked the part, but didn't work the right. part. Um, people, fans back then called him Rain Man Data, which was kind of an insult in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, but he did not have a positronic brain. Right. So um, Data, when he tried to download his memories we, and consciousness, it was unsuccessful. We find out that that was not successful in, uh, in Nemesis. Um, so... When Picard's having this conversation with the doctor and there were, and he was saying, but there's nothing left of data. It's sort of, but to me, when he says that, you know, data's brother lore is still out there. I mean, we last left lore at the end of descent part two and he was deactivated, but that was it. Like, I believe I Who again, had possession of him when he was deactivated. I, I, I don't think they go into that. I think they just leave him there. Like, at least there's no log entry saying so. Right. Um, but even then, like, lore was never destroyed, as far as we know. Like, so right. he's still, he's somewhere. Yes. And, so, and, so and it was lore, odd. Yeah. Yeah, like you said. It's odd that they would be talking about, oh, if only we had Data's neural net, then that we would be able to make fractal neuron, neuronic yeah. cloning and... It would be very simple to make a flesh and blood android, according yep. to Agnes. But we know that there is another positronic brain out there somewhere. Lore. Never mentioned. But that's Never a mentioned. 
yeah. It does make me wonder, though, going even as far back as Measure of a Man, like, Data could just say to Maddox, go find my brother. Yeah, go find my brother, Lord. What do you need gonna, me for? Nobody's going to mind if you dissect him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so, I mean, we were even speculating, was it last week when we were recording that, because I even said, like, oh, I'd be so happy if it ends up being Maddox. And it was. And I was yes. very happy. And so and I was very happy. If they're willing to go... No, Maddox is missing, by the way. Right. If they're willing to presumably, go... Presumably. Presumably. With those Romulans. If they're willing to go... Maybe. If they're willing to go that deep... If they're willing to go have that deep of a cut... Into, uh-huh. the, into the lore... Huh? Into the canon of Star Trek, like... Mm-hmm. Maddox was just some dude who appeared in, a, in the middle of season two out of... All of these out of Next Generation and all these other Trek shows. Just one guy appeared, one episode, that was it. Yeah. So, but if you're going to go as far as to have one per, per, somebody from one episode... Right. I mean, lore, as far as I'm concerned, is absolutely fair game to bring in here. And I think they're just... I feel like... I don't see how they couldn't bring lore in somehow. Um, I'm not... You know, am I hopeful... Yeah, that'd be cool. It would be a weird... But that's the answer as far as I'm concerned. That's the other positronic yeah. brain that's out there. It would be a weird head-scratcher if we they just never mentioned lore. Well, Picard should know that. But wh- what did I say to you before we began recording? Like, for somebody who's coming into the show, let's who say has no foreknowledge of Nemesis or the right. next generation, right? Say yeah. you haven't seen any of them. It's still... Well, they, can, they can still get into it. I think it, more though. likely they've seen some, but they don't know... Or they're not safe familiar with it. They're not, yeah, obsessive. Um, right. Not to say we're obsessed. They establish with Dodge that, because of her necklace, that they're built in pairs. Yes. Right? As Data, I guess, was with Lore. Right. But if you don't know, if you're not as familiar with Next Generation, earlier in that scene, if I'm that person, okay, well, you just showed me before. Yeah, see the drawer. So that must be his twin. Right. And then if Picard mentions Laura, it's like, well, wait a minute. So there were th- so three yeah. of them now? Yeah. Right. Maybe it would have so, been too explanation heavy. Right. So they may, maybe they'll bring Laura in as a shock. Yeah. But we already know. Well, Last scene of the season. We know he's out there already. Yeah. So you're insulting me, the fan, by no, but no. Um, it would be very odd that Picard wouldn't say, like, what about Laura? Has anyone tried to find right. Laura? That's all you needed. It right. And even if she had just said, no one was ever able to locate him. That would have been enough for me. Right. But that's all right. That's all right. right. You two to bogged down on that. No. We just we just sort of know, like, yeah, there's a potential answer out there. Like, when he's questioning that, we, we know yes. that, well, war is out there someplace. So. Right. But that's not an answer to why this synth looks like Data's painting and why the Correct. synth knows Picard. Correct. Because Lore knows Picard, but Lore doesn't know... Right. Everything about Picard. Right. And we have never seen this painting before anyway. So. Right. Yeah. And he definitely doesn't know where Picard lives an hour. So even if like lore is quote unquote the answer, it's it's still not the answer. Because there's still yeah, a lot a of. Answer. There's still a lot of why. You still have to make the yeah. connection. Lore is just the answer to. There is another positronic brain out there and that's it. Right. Now we're getting into total speculation. But wouldn't it be interesting if we see that Maddox and lore are both on that Borg ship with. Dodge. Well, also, don't forget this. Lore, there is that two-part episode where Lore is working with the Borg, which Hugh is also in. Oh, right. We are going to see Hugh. We are. And so, right. just, 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 
just put that on the shelf and yeah, let it sit there. Shelf, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, oh, so another thought that I had during this because it's just building a nice mystery. We have a lot mm-hmm. of these things, a lot of these little elements, a lot of these clues to follow. And then I thought maybe mm. this is just a much more like let's say like Picard, he's old as we know. Maybe he's incapacitated. Mm. And he's just running a modernized, very advanced Dixon Hill program. And he needs to follow the clues, right? He's a private detective. Yeah. And he's just following the clues for fun. Dixon Hill took down a few board, too. No, so I was thinking about Dixon Hill, but it just is interesting that now he actually is essentially mm. a detective Yeah. on this. So it's, I think it's a nice connection because he, he loves detective yeah. work. You think he's on the holodeck the whole time? Maybe, yeah. I'll be so mad. <laughs> They have holodeck, um, maybe oh, you know, so for like weird. for um, senior oh. homes, you know, holodeck senior homes. It is interesting to me, though. I'm just sort of realizing this if I, as we're talking, like it's interesting. It's interesting to me, like how different a potential mystery is for somebody for people who are really familiar with Star Trek, and for those who might not be. Like we're saying, like, oh, this could be lore, and lore is tied in with the Borg and then Hugh, and but for those who don't, it's an entirely different field of speculation. Right. It still is a fine mystery. Oh, totally. But I'm just, yeah. it, it shows you that the show works on different oh, levels right. for yes. different people because, watching it. Right. We can yeah. th- try to think and make these connections to things we already know. Yeah. Um, one thing I am excited about, I think it's a very well-written show so far. And I like the fact that we have a lot of this mystery and it's, it seems like we know where it's going. Maybe we do, maybe we don't, but I feel like... We're not being left in the dark. We're being given clues for us to think about and, and you know, bounce around ideas, mm-hmm. which I think is good. Right. I like that in a show. And uh, Michael Chabon is one of the people, not solely, but he is one of the writers on this episode. So, yes. and Who you are a big fan of. Yes. More and more uh, recently. Yeah. Actually, there was a great line that I wrote down because it was so good. But can I find it? I don't know. Well, when you do find it, bring it up. I will. I will. Oh, if I may, really small thing. Because um, I loved when Picard was being interviewed. And he makes the Dunkirk reference. Oh, yes. That was interesting. It was interesting. But when he first... I thought he, meant, I thought he said just Kirk. I was like, wait, James T. Kirk? <laughs> like it, was, <laughs> it worked like in two... It, it worked like in an unintentional way that was still fit. That still fit. I'm really surprised that she didn't come back with... But Dunkirk was was British boats saving British soldiers. Yeah. Not British boats saving Nazi soldiers. Now, mm. that actually would have been a good answer. Mm. On her part. Yeah. But... So should... I found the line that's not a line. Okay. It's the idea. So when he's talking to Dodge, she mm-hmm. says how her father was a xenobotanist and then named her after the Dodge Oncenium yep. flower that was a cross-breeded flower. And um, Picard says, have you ever thought that maybe you were created lovingly just like the flower was created by mixing things? Hmm. And um, it was just a very nice bit of writing how he was able to take that and spin it around. Yeah. And make it a metaphor for her. And the fact that he said, um, he seemed to give away the, the thing there where he said, hey, that is a great memory and it's yours. No one can take it away from you. Yep. But it, underlying what he said was, but it's all a lie. <laughs> the flower is a lie. 
Well, the fact that it's her father named her after a flower, yeah. and that she maybe even has a, fla- a father, mm-hmm. is all a lie. And her memories are created in some way. Does Data ever talk about Seattle? No. Okay. Not that I'm aware of. There was a new Seattle they established. <clears throat> all right. Yeah. Um, so, Bruce Maddox, I mean, he was a... Yeah, we saw him in The Measure of a Man, but he he was last seen in Measure of a Man, but he was last mentioned in the episode Data's Day. Since then, we've not seen anything about him. So, um, it's fascinating to me that uh, we did go back to this, but... Yeah, it was on my list of episodes. Yeah. Um, so it's great. It was your episode last week. Yeah. Yeah. So it's great because, you know, these are the episodes that deal with data and, like, what is he? Mm-hmm. How do you deal with what he is? And the idea of data wanting to create or help life that's similar to him yep. with those tools, androids that he thinks are sentient. Yeah. What are they called? The um, sense? No, no, no. When he it's on the ship, the, the scientist comes and she wants to show Picard how her little... Oh, the exocomps. Yes, exocomps. Yes, exocomps. Yeah, yeah, so there's a lot of um, history of Data trying to create a daughter also. Like yep. Really wants to find other life like him or help to create it. Mm-hmm. I just want to look up... I just want to... Sure, well, I can move on to the Romulan Reclamation site. Oh boy, yeah. The, uh, which turns out to be something completely, um, uh, completely. Oh wow! Unexpected. You sound they sound disappointed about it though. I no, not necessarily. I don't like the Borg. No, that's not true. Okay, that's not true. Um, but go on. Okay, well they go to the. Reclamation site, and we just we get a quick exchange. We find out that we find out the location of the twin Dodge. Mm-hmm. We find out she has a necklace. Yep. Now the fun fact, amazing thing, she knows about her sister because she yep. says my sister has one too. Mm-hmm. Where clearly the Dodge we met on Earth does not know about the Dodge. Yep. In Romulan reclamation site. Yep. And also we meet this. Um, we meet this uh, character. Who you thought was Spock? I, it, I knew it couldn't be, yeah. but it looks from afar, and he looked like you know our new Spock. If you had pa- if we had never seen the show and you would pause that just right, I would have said, "Oh, it's Spock from Discovery." But yeah, yeah. Um, um, but it just—he's <laughs> got the beard, and he's a little. He has a British accent. He's a little bit awkward. Oh, he's got oh, yeah, some cataracts oh, going on there. Oh. And, but one thing I, I don't thought, want to bother you with my problems. One but, thing I thought was cool, and I pointed fixing it, broken people all day. One thing I thought was cool, and I pointed it out to you before we began recording, was when he walks out of like the smoke, the music that's playing is they're actually playing similar. They're playing the music from when the Romulans are first seen on screen in uh, Balance of Terror, which I thought was uh, which I well, that's going to tell us something because they were pretty nice evil moment. in Balance of Terror. Well, yeah, I mean, they've always been evil. They're always the bad guys. Yeah. yeah. Well, we would think not so much now. I mean, two of them are living with Picard. Mm. But maybe that's a clue. Well, I said they've, well, when I say they always have been, I mean, at least up until now, they always have been. Yeah. yeah. But I think that's a clue because I don't like this guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I just don't trust him, and I find him a very annoying character. Yeah, I just it, it's just he, um, you know, he's got that yeah, like awkward, mm. like oh, am I bothering you? I'm just so rugged and handsome. Now the interesting thing about Dodge is he says, <clears throat> uh, "You've been." F- he talks about how he has a brother, not a twin, but he's dead. Yep. But he says that she's been fixing broken people all day and probably doesn't want to listen to her his uh, sad story. So, what does fixing broken people mean? What, what's she been fixing? Has she been fixing uh, synths? Has she been fixing Borg? Has she been fixing... What does that mean? Mm. That's something for us to find out later. Which so, I'm excited to find out. I just had I just had an epiphany. I heard and noticed that. <laughs> um, I mean, not really an epiphany. It's just something that's occurring to me. It probably means nothing. But, you know, we're talking about these synths and how they're built... In pairs, right? Mm-hmm. Now, Picard himself obviously is not a synth, but... Oh, he did have a pair. He did have shins on. That's true. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Shinjon was a synth. Synth on. He was an early prototype. <laughs> That's why he, like, melt-functioned. Melt <laughs> hmm. Yeah, no, I just... That it, could be. Interesting parallel is all I'm saying. That could be. Yeah. And that could be the Romulans were working on. So the Romulans are behind the synth attack. Why would the Romulans be behind a synth attack that doomed them? We don't know. Right. But there probably could be a reason. We'll see. We have nine more episodes to find out. I know. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, uh, I, I, that's all I need to say about it. So... I'm into it. I know we did. Kind of, I know we did kind of a recap. I mean, but we went point, but, by, point by point. Scene, but, but we talked about each. Scene. Well, but every the thing is, even though we did a, you know, in the past we've always talked about things that we find interesting, but everything in this episode was interesting. Yeah, and we started so, to establish what's going on because right it's the pilot. So to speak. and as I said, this episode unpacked. There's a lot to unpack in this episode, and um, like I said, I'm I'm along for the ride and. Sort of quick side comment though, when I heard that they're going to be doing like these artificial intelligence, the evil AI, I was like, oh, we gotta do this again. We just had a season of evil AI, now we're doing this again. Yeah, you know, I was trying to work through my theory of data somehow being behind this. I thought, uh, wait, maybe data is control. No, I don't know how. It made no, no sense. It made no sense. No. But um, where he became control, he there was one. He, there... Got the, he got the sphere. Data got the sphere. Stop. Stop. Data is the sphere. Oh, and she did. The doctor at the Dacium Institute did say, oh, we, you know, we wouldn't be able to establish that kind of sentience with AI until for another thousand years. And I thought, well, maybe Discovery will find out because that's where they are now. <laughs> right. Um, but I think, yeah, there's definitely a lot going on in this episode. And. So, despite the fact that this show has a lot to unpack for me, it was very, very easy to follow, unlike past episodes where that was an issue for me. Past episodes of what? Of another show. Um, and they would just have these, you know, fast-paced moments of dialogue, that, and you're just like, wait, what? And it was sort of difficult to keep up with what was going on, but... Yes. This show, there's a lot going on, but it's all laid out extremely well oh yeah this yeah. is a well written well paced yeah it's a 
damn fine show. And it didn't try to do just too this much. episode, though. I mean, who knows what's going to happen after it that? Didn't but... try to do too much. You know, no. like it spent it took its time on some things where right. it needed to take its time. Right. And I think um, I think that that worked really well. Well, I think it's because the show doesn't have to do a lot to prove itself because it knows that there are going to be people who love next gen watching this. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, when you set up a nice mystery like this, I think, yeah, I think it it that, that can carry it. Mm. And but because it is a character boat uh, show, you Which know, we get to spend time with Picard talking to people, and yeah, you know, you get to see that uh, what kind of person he is. Yeah. Oh God! So I hasten to say this, but you have uh, I have two. You've got some. All right, so you've got some haters corner. So believe it or not, um, a show that I that I was actually pretty convinced would avoid all of this just because of the caveat of John no. Picard. He's going to know um, where to look. <laughs> well, you can... Yeah, I guess. You went to the deep web and, <laughs> uh, re- and um, found some hate toward this new uh, truck show, even though we're one episode in, so... Yeah. All right, so we'll start with the first one. The Tell me two. while I hold the my head in shame. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> this new Picard version sounds exactly like the mirror image of the last Jedi version of Luke Skywalker. Same moronic producers and writers. Rinse, wash, repeat. SMH. Fuck. All right. So wait, so... Because Luke and Last Jedi didn't behave like everyone thought he would... Like, that he's not acting like the Luke I know from Return of the Jedi? Yeah. Or Empire Strikes Back? That... <clears throat> but here's the thing, right? So that Luke turned his back on everything because he thought that he messed up. And then he was right. a grumpy curmudgeon that even when someone came to him for help, he said no. Yeah, like, if this, if this Luke, if this was the day after Return of the Jedi, then I understand. Mm. But the movie, as much as I do not like Last Jedi, you at least find out that he was training somebody and he was... Remind me, he was training somebody and then he was betrayed? Uh, no, he saw a flash of like dark side in Kylo. Yeah. Right. And so, according to this, he thought about killing him for a second and he realized he wasn't in control of his powers right he, and then look what kylo turned ended up becoming right you think luke is not going to feel like that's his fault right but the biggest thing is that ray goes to luke and says all this bad stuff is going down and we need your help and he says no yes a, a young girl round ray's age shows up for card and says i need your help and he says yes absolutely and immediately starts to help well and let's be honest that's not the same but let's be and let's be let's be clear about that too the fact that, like, you know, the idea of somebody going to some former hero asking for their help. I mean, it's not exactly an original idea. No. We've seen that before in other places. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All right. You ready for another one? This, is a, this one's really going to hit you. I don't know. <clears throat> all right. We don't have a camera. We should all see the look on my face. In short... More bastardization of Roddenberry's hopeful vision of the future <sighs> with Mary Sue empowerment propaganda tossed in and lens flares. Dot, dot, dot. Lots and lots of lens flares. Okay, first of all, first of all, people, these haters use the term Mary Sue and they don't even know what Mary Sue means. 
Well, clearly they don't because they're if they're saying it about Dodge, Dodge literally died right. ten minutes after we met her. Yeah. So that's not a Mary Sue. Do, remind everybody what Mary Sue means. So Mary Sue is a f- female character that is perfect and has probably like is special and has these abilities and um, knows how to do everything immediately and doesn't encounter any obstacles because they're perfect. Right. That is the antithesis of what a Michael Burnham is, and people have described her as a Mary Sue. Mm-hmm. They use it as a derogatory term to say that's a shitty character. Yes, but. What they don't seem to get is that if a character dies Mm. almost immediately, they're clearly not overpowered and perfect because they got killed. And listen, this whole Roddenberry's vision thing, that's like a subject that that in, in and of itself is almost a subjective term at this point. Okay, let me tell you what is going on with this Roddenberry's vision thing. Whatever Roddenberry, I described it earlier. Star Trek is a show that takes current events and puts them in a science fiction format in order to comment on it. The world of Gene Roddenberry, specifically in Star Trek The Next Generation, shows us a humanity that has put aside its violent tendencies, its, you know, segregating of itself, and taking the idea of delighting in people's differences and finally working together as a species and depicting an extremely positive future. Yeah. And that's what all of these shows do. Some depict that idea differently. Yeah. And and plus since Star Trek, the motion picture Mm -hmm. writers realized if we do Roddenberry's vision where everyone gets along, it's kind of boring and you can't really have drama. You can't have television shows and films without some conflict. That's exactly what happened. You're describing the early days of the next generation's writing room. Exactly. They said we can't. Well, you said the motion picture. Well, no, I said the last thing that was oh, true to oh, the vision oh, was yeah. the motion picture. After that, even Wrath of Khan right. and. But. And they got around that with Deep Space Nine because half the cast wasn't Starfleet. So they decided, well, it's just going to be the Starfleet characters. Everything in terms of conflict comes from the outside. But our core characters are not going to have conflict with each other. But go back and look at the original series. They argue with each other all the time. McCoy, in a way, is a racist. I mean, he calls Spock all these horrible racist names. Yeah. You green-blooded son of a bitch. Yeah. Like, I know it's funny. Vulcans aren't a real race, but... And eventually he comes around and loves and respects it. Right. But, yes, Vulcans are not a real race, so it's okay. But that's a racist... That's a racist way of describing an alien... A group of aliens. That's a racist term. I mean... absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. So... When people hang up the Roddenberry's vision flag, I'm just like... Yeah, it's it's just and like I said, yes, this is not that vision, but think of it this way: Picard is trying to make Starfleet live up to Broddenberry's vision, and right. it won't, and so he's trying to make it. So I made is his vision. I made that connection with somebody else the other day. I said it's it almost manifests itself in the show. Picard is the beacon of this of of hope, and Starfleet is maybe. 
a version of Star Trek that some feel have lost its way, and he's going to try to steer them back on course. And it seems like they're going to be doing that in season three of Discovery in some ways, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, though, it's a mess. All right, one more. (laughs) This is just such ignorance. Uh. I just finished watching this episode. It's a mess. The acting is pretty atrocious. There are actual pauses in the exchange of dialogue. It looks like they didn't even rehearse. Are you sure that's not a troll? Given what it's surrounded by, I'm going to say no. Well, let's say someone replied. Heavens, you're right. <laughs> oh, they even had to edit that first comment because they probably spelled something wrong. Um, yeah, like, have you met people? People don't talk constantly. They stop, they think before they say a word. Unless there are those scenes with really fast-paced dialogue. Yeah, no, that can happen too, but... You know, from Not everyone talks fast. Other show. Um, wow, man. He, <laughs> I know, I'm right. sorry. So I'm he sorry. told me not to compare Picard to Discovery Season 2. I told you not to. He told me not to. I said, I didn't say me. And he's done it twice so far. <laughs> well, and you haven't. You stayed Okay, there. so, here you go. Here's my thing. I'm, I so- like, I, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm it's okay. You open the door. I'm walking sorry. through it. Uh, you, I like the fact that the mystery <laughs> on Picard, we can follow, and the clues make sense. Whereas, we were trying to figure out the right angels. Oh, who could the right angel be? Blah, blah, blah. And then when we found out, it just came out of left field. There were no clues that were planted for us. It just was... It seemed like... It actually, as we said, it, they intentionally... I still believe it was intentional. Put clues to make you think that it was going to be Borg when it wasn't. So, I feel like this is an actual mystery, but they are giving us bits of the clue. This is like a Twin Peaks. Who killed Laura Palmer? Who well, shot JR? Maybe. Who shot Montgomery Burns? Maybe the uh, Borg in this show can actually fix that for you and make some Red Angel reference. Yeah, or Arium can be there. Um, no. You thought I was dead. I know. And I, I promised myself I would not go down this road, but just the context was, was, <laughs> was, it was just there. But yeah, no, like it, it's, it was, you know, those who listen remember when I was, when we were reviewing season two of Discovery episode by episode, we had reached a point where this, there were these moments where there was just these scenes of fast paced dialogue and I was having trouble following it. And I had to go back and watch it like four times to even figure out what they were saying. And it was their way for covering of this, their way for their way of covering for this sort of like unevenly written out storyline. But as I've said dozens of times at this point, I'm not being an apologist. I'm just going to assume that that all has to do with the, there was all this writer producer turnaround and whatever it's over and done with now. Thank God. And we'll see what happens. And you know, we were pretty season. positive. They just, they about, to get this shit together. We were pretty positive about the first half of the season. We were. Um, this one actually is okay. Lore, where we're going, we don't need lore. But they're assuming that they know everything that's going to happen in the future. Yeah. Yeah. But we might see lore. Yeah. I know you don't mean that lore. Well, no, they mean that lore. Oh, you don't mean Star Trek lore? I don't know. I think they mean lore. The, the character? Yeah, that's yeah. what I think they mean. Okay. I think so. <laughs> well, there's only one way to uh, find out. Um, yes. But, look, here's the thing. Here's the deal. 
what a lot of these haters want, in my opinion, is they want Star Trek The Next Generation Season 8. And that's not what I want. That's boring. If I want to, I'll go back and watch an episode of Next Generation. I think that's... It's like all of these sitcoms that got revived. You got Murphy Brown, you got Will and Grace, you've got Roseanne. All of these shows came back and just picked up right where they left off. They did not see beyond. They wanted you to like, they wanted to take you into a time warp. It's like it was done in a vacuum. and just wanted you to take you back to that show. They didn't do much to advance what we last saw. And this show was doing that. And it disappoints me that some are not willing to give it a chance just on that merit alone. I mean, look, I, hell, I wouldn't. I would watch a Next Generation season eight. Yeah, but, but I know what I was going to get. They're doing, but they're doing something different, but that stays true to the character, and that's great. Right. I mean, hell, I would eat up a Star Trek Next Generation season eight. But if given a choice. That would be weird. He'd have to be old. He'd have to have a totally different crew. Yeah. So you're right, though. I would watch. <laughs> but that, that wouldn't. But the thing is, like, that wouldn't add anything to it. No. It's just the same old thing again. Yeah. No, this is good. I'm excited. Yeah. And we're in bonus content time. So yeah, we'll see where they wind up next week. Um, I'm yeah, I'm 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 on board. I'm willing to uh, go along for the ride and just sort of see how this all plays out. I'm excited for the the ride, as it were. Yeah. And we will be back next week with the next episode. Yes. And if you want to review us, do it. If you want to tweet at us, do it. If you want to. Do you know the Twitter handle? I'm going to quiz you. It's not Disco Podcast, is it? Not anymore. Did we keep all our Disco Podcast people, though? Yeah. You can just change your name. At Star Trek, we trust. I knew that. No. I was afraid of that, actually. I didn't... I didn't... I, I researched that first before I did any yeah. name changing. It tested. just... It just... It just... What it does is it wreaks havoc on anybody who may have retweeted us back then. Oh. So, but... I uh, was just testing you in reverse. Yeah, I'm sure you were. All right, see everyone next week.